Welcome to the Settlement Planning Tips for Personal Injury Attorneys podcast. This podcast helps personal injury attorneys and their staff members navigate the unique legal and financial issues that arise near the settlement of a personal injury case. And now, here's your host, attorney and certified financial planner professional, Greg Maxwell. Hi, this is Greg Maxwell with Amicus Settlement Planners. And I want to talk about how to pick a trustee for either a settlement protection trust or a special needs trust in a settlement situation. Oftentimes, clients will get to a settlement. They know they need some kind of trust to protect the money. And then the question comes up, okay, well, who should be the trustee or what entity should be the trustee of this trust? So generally, there's, there's two options. You can either have a professional fiduciary, like a trust company or a professional trustee act as the trustee or the person that's in charge of the trust. Or you can have a family member or an individual act as the trustee of the trust. And so given the situation, there's not necessarily one correct answer to which one makes sense. The benefits of having a professional trustee are, number one, they they know the Medicaid and SSI rules. They know how to interact with those agencies. They know how the annual reporting is done. And they're going to make sure that they don't make any distributions from the trust that are going to jeopardize the client's eligibility for those benefits going forward. So professional management, having a fiduciary act as trustee is generally a good idea if there's not anybody in that client's life that is sophisticated enough to to act as trustee and to do it responsibly. Of course, the downside with having a professional fiduciary or trust company act as trustee is that they get paid from the trust for doing that. So there are fees involved. We've partnered with what we think are tremendous fiduciaries and trustees that have really, really reasonable fee schedules, but they do get paid. So that that's something to keep in mind. When you have an individual as a trustee, you know, if it's a family member, generally they, they don't get paid to act as trustee. So you're saving on that expense, but that family member or individual is going to have to be sophisticated enough to understand the Medicaid and SSI rules understand the reporting requirements, understand how to do the tax returns that are associated each year with the trust to make sure that everything's happening as it should. And so sometimes that's a burden that a family member doesn't necessarily want to take on. Oftentimes also there's a family dynamic that comes into play in a special needs trust situation where you have a parent maybe that is acting as trustee and a child that is the beneficiary of that trust. Sometimes if the beneficiary wants something, but the trustee doesn't think it's in the beneficiary's interest, then there becomes a little bit of a family clashing and then that can hurt the relationship between the child and the parent. And so sometimes in that situation, it just makes sense to offload that to a professional fiduciary. And that kind of helps save that family dynamic or that relationship between the parent and the child sometimes. So it just really depends on the situation, the size of the settlement, what the goals are, what the fees are going to be on whether a family member should act as trustee or whether a professional fiduciary should act as trustee. And along those same lines, the money inside the trust really should be invested in something that's growing and earning interests for the beneficiary. So a lot of times the trust companies already have built-in mechanisms and financial advisors that can put them into a portfolio of investments that's going to be suitable to their situation as part of the package. Whereas if it's a family member, they're going to have to then go find a financial advisor or work with someone on their own that invests it prudently for the beneficiary. So 
lots of things to consider. We can help you and your clients discuss which which makes more sense. So give us a call. We're happy to discuss that with you. It'll help your clients make the best choice possible. Thanks for listening to the Settlement Planning Tips for Personal Injury Attorneys podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to visit amicusplanners.com for more great content, including videos, PDF checklists, show notes, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and be sure to join us next week for more settlement planning tips.